Listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Octopi Hockey Town. All right, and welcome back to another edition of Octopi Hockey Town. I'm Zach Fanko here alongside Brian Bobel. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing great, Zach. I'm doing great. Getting to the, getting down to the some of the most exciting parts of the season here. Yeah, kind of the uh, you know later um, third of the season here, um, approaching the trade deadline in about you know a couple weeks now. And uh, I think the playoff picture is really starting to take shape in both the Eastern and the Western Conference. Um, the Red Wings currently sitting right now tied for second in the Atlantic with Montreal. So Red Wings looking pretty good right now to make their 24th consecutive playoff appearance. Um, really incredible um, for the Red Wings. Um, that'd be a, a um, American franchise record for um, straight playoff appearances. So just incredible. But uh, just to recap the last few games, um, you know, uh, last week, last Tuesday, they came back from the All-Star break, um, played a Florida Panther team that's kind of um, behind right now, but they're uh, they're trying to get back into that playoff picture, um, currently sitting in ninth in the Eastern Conference. But uh, Luke Glendening, what a game. Uh, two goals, um, his first multi-goal game as an NHL player, and Stephen Weiss went off on his former team, a goal and two assists. Uh, that, was, that was a great game for Detroit. They uh, led that game like 4-1. to one. And uh, Florida almost came back, but they ended up winning the game 5-4. to four. But uh, overall, good performance by the Red Wings. Yeah, especially after coming off of a break the way they did. Uh, like you said, Luke, Luke Lendenning played phenomenal, and as did Stephen Weiss. And you're starting to see Stephen Weiss. I, I mean, he, he's, he's hit or miss a, a couple you know, a couple games here and there. He's hit or miss. But you know what? For the most part, this season has you know, given, made the Red Wings feel good about signing him. I know last season was pretty much a disaster for Stephen Weiss and not really the season that he wanted but you know Florida's been a struggling team right now 3-6 and 1 in their last 10 so it was good for the Red Wings to to get the post all-star break started with a win. Yeah, yeah, and especially for Stephen Weiss who the last couple mm-hmm. years has really been injury riddled. Mm-hmm. Um started off the year this year injured. But uh, since he's came back in the lineup, I think he's really contributed well on that third line with uh, you know Dan Cleary and um, Drew Miller, and um, really for the Red Wings, it's been you know the third and fourth lines that have really contributed the last few games for them. Um, you look at the win against um, the Islanders, uh, you know um, Brendan Smith getting a nice goal from the blue line, and um, even uh, you know some of the guys on that fourth line getting some um, good good minutes, you know good penalty kill minutes. And uh, right now, I think the Red Wings are in a good spot. They um, had a tough loss against Tampa um, a couple nights after the Florida game. Um, Cedric Packett with a hat trick. That was that was an incredible game from him. I mean, he was all over the ice in that game. Um, rough night for the special teams for Detroit, though. They gave up a power play goal and then the shorthanded goal. And on top of that, 0 for 2 on the power play. You're not going to win many games when your special teams plays like that. No, you got to win the special teams battles, you know, to give you a good chance to win the game. And the Red Wings just flat out did not do well on special teams against the against the Lightning. But you know what, Cedric Paquette, that was just a a great performance. And you know, for a team that when you're focused on a guy like Steven Stamkos, you know, every everybody puts their focus on him. And then to have some of these other guys coming in, you know, you know Andre Palat. You know, Ryan Callahan's really having a good season. And then you have Cedric Paquette, who's just, you know, 
who's been a revelation for this team. You know, he's been playing really well for him. It shows you why Tampa right now is sitting at atop the division. Yeah. Yeah, and you look, I mean, they kind of just came out really flat in that first mm-hmm. period. I mean, you know, not a lot of shots on goal. And uh rough night for Peter Morazic too. I mean, he he just looked frustrated in that. You could tell that um, he was getting a little bit frustrated, especially going into the second period when it became, you know, four to one. Um, you know, I was thinking almost that McCollum might come in in the mm-hmm. third period. It was, it was getting that bad. But uh, they had a nice bounce back win, though, against the Islanders on Saturday afternoon. Um, short turnaround for the Red Wings. But uh, playing at home, Marazic had a nice performance, 22 saves. And uh, Tatar and Nyquist, both of the power play goals. So the Red Wings' power play got back on track. The last few games before that, they'd kind of struggled in the power play per, um, category. But uh, nice performance, you know, beating a team um, like the Islanders, who right now are leading the you know Metro Division, I thought that was a good win for the Red Wings and a way, good way to bounce back from that tough loss against Tampa a couple nights before. Yeah, especially with with the way Peter Mrazek played in that game because he before that game, you know, he he would he's been struggling. I mean, the Red Wings are still able to pull out wins because they're getting goal support, but he was still, you know, very shaky in that he was giving up a lot of goals. And then to see him come out and play a game like that against against no slouch, the Islanders, you know. They're right up there as one of the better teams in the conference. Sure, the Islanders have lost three in a row now, but you know it was still a, a very good response, an excellent response. That's the kind of response that shows you that the Red Wings are a good team. Yeah, that they're not going to lay they're not going to lay two eggs back to back like that. You know, they have a bad game, they just pretty much crumple up that score sheet, throw it away, and then the whole mentality is reset for the next game. And that's why the Red Wings are up there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at the record in the last eight games without Jimmy Howard. They're seven and one. Um, they're averaging three point nine goals per game in that stretch. So you're talking about they're getting a lot of goals. Morazic might not be playing his best game, but when it's all said and done, the Red Wings are getting more goals and they're winning games. And that's the you know that's the main thing right now. And uh, Jimmy Howard actually slated to come back um, next Wednesday in the game at Pittsburgh. So if we can, if, you know, if they can get Jimmy back. For that game, that'll be huge. You know, that's a huge, you know, conference game coming up. You know, Pittsburgh, um, like they're sitting right now in second place in the Metro Division. And, um, you know, both those teams looking for those extra points, you know, heading into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And especially against the Penguins, too. You know, I just feel like if there's a game you're going to come back, got to come back against the Penguins. I mean, them and the Islanders pretty much have just been flip-flopping. It seems just about every other, every, you know, two or three days or so, one's on top of the other in division. And... Pittsburgh with their win in Edmonton last night, I think leapfrogged the Islanders again, so they're one point up. But then again, the Islanders do have a game in hand on the Penguins, so yeah. you know it, it's it's great for the Red Wings to get Howard back because I mean it, it shows you though, even though the Red Wings were giving up a bunch of goals in the last handful of games, for them to just pull out wins, it's always a good sign. Now when you're going to get your starting goaltender back, be interesting to see if the offense continues to click. Or if it takes a step back because now you have that comfort zone behind you, knowing that you know more often than not we're not gonna we're not gonna have to score four or five goals to win a game. Maybe we'll just have to score two or three if Jimmy plays the way you know they know he can yeah. play. If Jimmy if Jimmy's on top of his game, you know you can get two or three goals from your team, mm-hmm. and you, most nights you're gonna win games. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that'll be huge. I mean, before the All Star break, Howard was playing among the best goaltenders you know in the league you know, 2.11 goals against average, and, um, you know, getting him back before the playoffs, getting him enough time, you know, in the regular season before the playoffs starts too is huge because you don't want to throw him right into the playoffs. 
So, um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he plays coming back from that injury. Um, tough, you know, groin injury. That's always a tough injury for goaltenders, mm-hmm. too. But uh, coming into tonight's game, the um, going at Colorado, you know, facing the Avalanche, um, that'll be a huge game because right now the Avalanche, they're a desperate team. Um, they're, they're actually looking for their third straight win, so that's, you know, that's good for them. But right now they're sitting third in that, you know, wild card mix in the Western Conference. They're about four points back right now of uh, Vancouver. So right now Colorado's a very desperate team, and um, the Red Wings should not take them for granted tonight. No, absolutely not. And they're, if, if, if they weren't in such a tough division, you know, we, we've talked about everybody knows that that central division is just top to bottom, just flat out stacked. And when you're playing against every team in your division is over 500 for one thing. So you're yeah. not playing, you know, you're not playing like the Edmonton Oilers, you know, four or five times a season. No, you're, you're playing against the best competition, most of the best competition in the West. I feel like if they had been in a weaker division, You'd be looking at a team that is either a lot closer or a team that's even in a playoff spot. And so, like you said, they're they're coming in, they're desperate because they know they got to start making a push now. They're only four points out, but then again, Vancouver, the team that holds the last wild card spot, does have two games in hand on them, so that's a disadvantage for the Avalanche. So we'll see, we'll see. Uh, you know, they're starting to find their groove, they're starting to find their mojo again. Um, after a really rough start to the season for the Avalanche. But give them credit, they've been turning on lately, 5-2-3 and three in their last 10. That's always good, and that'll always help you gain ground. But I absolutely agree, the Red Wings should not overlook this one. No, I mean, especially look at um, Barlamoff and Nett, mm. who has been outstanding in the last 10 or 11 games, 7-2-2 uh, two and two with a 1.98 goals against average, really has um, propelled this team to where they are now with a chance you know, to break into that Western Conference playoff mix. But yeah, I, I would not take this team for granted. I mean, you get they got veteran players, um, you know, Tangay and um, Aginla, te- players like that who have been in this situation before, have been in the you know been in this um, spot before where you know they need. This is kind of like where the playoffs start for the Avalanche. Oh yeah, right now, mm-hmm. and every game is important for them. Every game is like a game seven for them. They mm-hmm. got to get into the playoffs, and it starts now for them for the Red Wings. The key for them will be to match that intensity because right now the Red Wings, yeah, they're they're they haven't locked up the playoffs yet. You know, um, they're not taking any games for granted either. But at this point, the Red Wings are feeling pretty comfortable. They don't want to feel too comfortable. No, no way. You, you, the worst thing you want to feel, especially at this point of the season, is complacent. You cannot have that feeling whatsoever. And luckily for the Red Wings, they have the personnel that won't allow that to happen. Uh, but still, you got to come in. You know, you got to come in. Thinking you gotta outplay, you gotta outplay them, it, because you know the Avalanche are coming out hard, and then they gotta come out and match that. They really do, and they haven't really been super tested outside of the game against Tampa, where they just they just came out flat. They just they just had a flat game. It was just one of yeah. those games, you know. So this will be a really good one to see, especially on the road in Colorado. Um, We'll see how the Red Wings fare. I mean, 12-8-3 on the road they are right now this season. So anytime you have an above 500 record on the road, it's always a good thing. Yeah, especially, you know, you're going on the road. They actually have a pretty lengthy road trip coming up mm-hmm. um, next week. I think they have about six straight games on the road out west, so that's going to be a key stretch for them. And uh, right now it'll be a good chance to see how they play. Um, on Saturday they actually um, go to um, Arizona, um, out in um, Glendale for a game against the Coyotes. 
And that team is kind of different than Colorado because they really don't have a shot to make the playoffs at this point. So Arizona type of team, they're look they're already looking to next year right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, you know, projecting that Arizona will be sellers at the trade deadline. Um, they have a lot of young talent down in the um, AHL, but um, I think that will be an interesting game because right now the Coyotes, they're the type of team that they don't really have anything to lose. So that's kind of a disadvantage for the Red Wings because, you know, the Coyotes, they can come out, they can play loose. They know this game means nothing to them. So the Red Wings, they can't take it. They can't take that game, you know, for granted as well. Yeah, and you and you have a lot of guys on that team that are either a playing to boost their trade stock. Guys like Antoine Vermette. Um, you can even toss in maybe Shane Doan if he does if he wants to, you know, have a chance to win a Stanley Cup toward, at this part of his career. Or you know, you have Keith Yandel on defense. Then you have other guys that are looking to play for a contract for next season. You know, it's they're. I think they've they've already conceded that they're not making the playoffs. I don't think there's no chance that they can claw back into this because they just haven't played very well. So they they uh, are just assuming the role of spoiler for most of the rest of the season, and that's a dangerous role. And and that road trip, yeah, they have a three game road trip that starts tonight. You got to go to Colorado, Arizona, and Pittsburgh. Then you have the pair of home games against the Jets and the Canadians. And then you have that six-game road trip where you're going to Chicago, Dallas, Anaheim, Los Angeles, San Jose, Nashville. That is going through not only – that's going through the toughest teams in the Central Division. And, frankly, that California trip is no cakewalk. No. no. If if you can escape that, that three-game swing going from Anaheim, Los Angeles, and San Jose, if you can get out of there with two wins – that's a successful California trip. Yeah. I mean, even if you can get, you know, three points out of that trip, mm-hmm. if you can go one, one, and one in that trip, I, I you know, I think I would mm-hmm. take it because, you know, the, the LA's a team right now that's desperate as well because they're sitting outside the playoff picture. And they're, you know, they're, de- they're the defending cup champs. They're not mm-hmm. going to lay down. They want to get into the playoffs. So, yeah, the Red Wings, I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. That's going to be the key stretch for the Red Wings going into the later part of the season and the playoffs. Um whether or not the Red Wings will win enough games to host a playoff series or, like, the last few years, they'll be the underdog going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm, especially. And I look at I look at all those games. This The month of February really is a test for the Red Wings. It's their biggest test because if you look, March is more of a, more of a home-heavy schedule uh, for the Red Wings. And then the same with uh, the handful of games they have in April. I think it's split 50-50. But yeah, this this is really going to be a test to show if the Red Wings are either a as good as you know they they've been made out to be so far, and if they can really contend, or b they are good enough to make a playoffs you know to get a playoff spot, but maybe not so good enough yet to contend for that division title. Yeah, yeah, I agree definitely. That fe- that February stretch is going to be key for Detroit. I mean, just looking at the standings right now, um, in the Atlantic Division, you got Tampa. Um, up two points on both Montreal and Detroit, and then you got Boston sitting in that wild card spot with 61 points. Um, and then over in the Metro, as you were saying, Pittsburgh up a point on New York um, on the Islanders, 66 points to 65. And then the Rangers and the Capitals with 64 and 62 points respectively. Um, other than that, I mean, you got Florida sitting out in the mix right now. I mean, they're trailing by um, nine or seven seven points right now. So. Florida and then Philly maybe with an outside shot. You know, you might want you could maybe throw New Jersey in there if they could 
if they can put it on the last you yeah. know few months of the season, mm-hmm. maybe. But that's going to be tough. But right now, that Eastern Conference is pretty much solidified. It's just where will these te- teams be playing? Yeah, exactly. You look and and, and you have that seven point gap you mentioned in the in the Atlantic Division. Then you have an eleven point gap in the Metropolitan Division, and you really. The playoff picture for the East is really taking its shape right now. But then again, you never know. No. You never know. I, I mean, you, you mentioned New Jersey, and we talked about about this a little bit before the show. They are 7-2-2 two and two in their last 11. Is that good enough to get them in? Probably not at this point. They sit they sit 13 points behind the Capitals. Yeah. And with and with 31 games left, 30, you know, 13 points is a little too much to make up. But... The Flyers, though, they're starting to come around six and four in their last ten. They're on a four-game winning streak, so they're starting to find their swagger a little bit. And then you have the Islanders, who for a while they were them and the Penguins were pretty much the only two. It was pretty much you know a sprint to see. And now you look at the Rangers, who are on, have won three in a row on their own. They're only one point behind the Islanders, yeah, and two points behind the the Penguins. So now you got. You really have a three, and you could even include the Caps in there too. You have a four horse race. You know, it's it's the Metropolitan Division, like the Atlantic Division. Those positions are just going to continue to flip flop. Yeah. I, I think yeah. we won't have a good idea of who the home t- who's got home ice, who'll be on the road until uh, you got to say until until April with the yeah. way that all these teams are playing. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like that that Metro Division is going to come down to the last night of the regular season. And it's great to see. Yeah, that's that's great for hockey. That's great for the fans. And, um, you know, right now the Rangers are on a roll, as you were saying. They beat Boston last night 3-2 to two in a game where both teams are really desperate for points right now to try to maintain their standing. But let's look at out west for a second here. Um, as you were saying, the Central Division just stacked. Um, Nashville and Anaheim right now tied for tops in the Western Conference, but you got Nashville atop the Central. Um, the Blues trailing by two points. And then there's a little bit of a drop-off with Chicago with 64 and Winnipeg. The surprising Jets sitting there in fourth place in the Central Division, and they are holding on to one of the last few wildcard spots, which is very, very surprising. You would not see that coming into the season, but they have played very well this season. Yeah, and it'll be really interesting to see what comes out of uh, this whole Evander Kane dilemma that's going on in Winnipeg. Uh, they He was a healthy scratch against Vancouver in his hometown, uh, that'll really, really tick a player off. And from what I from what I've read, they've been butting heads so much to the point where I think the Jets are going to trade Evander Keen wow. before the trade deadline. And that'll be interesting to see what that does to that to the locker room, the whole chemistry of the team. Maybe it'll help. Maybe maybe Kane has been too much of a distraction in the locker room. But for a team that's in fourth place and you know, like you said, holding on to that wild card spot. Would you really want to go and trade arguably one of your star players? Is he that much of a distraction? Yeah, I mean that's yeah that's that's a, that's the question right now. If you're Winnipeg, I mean you're sitting right on the cusp of the playoffs for a franchise that you know has traditionally struggled. So do you? That, that'll be interesting to see for sure. And then out in the Pacific, you have Anaheim, who has just you know they pretty much i think they've locked up the pacific division at this point pending a collapse by the ducks mm-hmm. um calgary wow the flames tied with san jose in second place right now in that division who who saw the flames coming out of nowhere this year to you know compete in that division i <laughs> i certainly didn't no you know they they're getting they're getting the young guys are just playing out of their minds right now johnny hockey is is 
having a phenomenal season, as is Sean Monahan yeah. and Mark Giordano. A lot of people, you know, I overlook. You know, when I'm talking about some of the better defensemen in the NHL, Mark Giordano is having a career year right now. And then you have Jonas Hiller in that, who's really, I think he's been able to pretty much turn his luck around, turn his career around. It really wasn't working out in Anaheim. He was under a lot of scrutiny because they weren't going anywhere. Now you change the scenery and look what happens. Now, yeah. now they're they're a contending team. And it's, it's really surprising to see the Kings 18 points out of the division lead. Yeah, eighteen points out, and then, fr- you know, frankly, I just they're just out of a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean they're five points out right now in Vancouver, um, out west, and you know you got Winnipeg also holding on to one of those last few wild card spots. But I mean it'll be it'll be very interesting to see because I don't think Los Angeles Los Angeles is going to lie down. Um, I'm predicting that they will make the playoffs before this is said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll they'll get one of those last few wild card spots, perhaps um, a series against the Ducks in the first round. I mean that that would be very Sign me fun up. to see. Yeah, <laughs> um, I always like seeing the California teams face off. But yeah, that's going to be very interesting. Um, let's shift over here to some trade talk. Um, right now, about two weeks out from the trade deadline, and the Red Wings right now they're they're in the um, they're in the market for a defenseman. Um, you know, right-handed defensemen, really important for this team, especially on the power play. And, um, there, I mean, you got a few guys in mind. You got Mike Green in Washington, um, you know, Cody Franzen in Toronto, and even Brian Campbell in Florida. Even though he's a left-handed shot, I feel like he's a player that could help this team out in the long run. Yeah, and, and you, look at, you look at those three guys. Mike Green, with the way the Capitals are playing right now, you'd have to give up a lot to to – bring Mike Green to Washington. I think you're, you'd have to give up too much. I think you're going to have to give up a lot more than the Red Wings, I think, are willing to give up at this point. Yeah. Um, and he carries a huge cap hit, he does. But then Cody Franson in Toronto, I think he might be one of the only players that the Maple Leafs will not want to part ways with. Again, you're going to have to give him a whole lot to get there. Brian Campbell, though, that is a very good – like, that's a very, you know, interesting – scenario to look at Florida we'll see over I, I'll reevaluate Brian Campbell in the next week or so to see you know what happens with with Florida if they can right the ship and then try to climb back into that playoff race but if they fall out without a doubt I could see them targeting Brian Campbell two other guys that I thought the Red Wings could potentially target we'll say with the Maple Leafs is Roman Polak that would be an interesting move he's got Five goals and three assists in 42 games, so he doesn't bring a huge amount of offensive production to the table. But he's a right-handed shot. He's only a minus 11 on a Maple Leafs team that yeah. you know, is, is just in free fall. And you know, he had some. He had a lot of solid years with St. Louis. He played there for looks like me about seven or eight years in in, in St. Louis, and then this is his only year. In Toronto, see if they could maybe swing a deal for him. He would be a good, uh, a good you know depth of def- depth defenseman. You know, maybe a second pair, most likely a third pair. And then you know, other guy I thought would be Marek Zidlicki of the New Jersey Devils. Now that guy who, who is going to bring a lot more of an offensive punch. He's an offensive minded defenseman. Which if the Red Wings can get a little bit more, you know, a little more of a punch from their blue line, it'll make him that much better. Yeah. And you look at Zalicki's numbers with the Devils this year, four goals and 17 assists, 21 points for a Devils defenseman. That's 
you could might as well say that's about like 60 points on another team, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a lot for the Devils and he only has a minus 7 on a Devils team that just doesn't they just don't score, you know. And th- this is a, a really interesting option for the Red Wings because he it, it could very well be a rental cuz his contract with New Jersey's up after this year. He's very affordable. They really they won't have to give up a whole lot to get him. Right. From New Jersey, and that's if if the Devils decide to kick it into super super high gear and start to win, you know, fifteen games in a row, the Devils might not want to get rid of him. But with the way the Devils are, they got to get younger. And Zidlicki is thirty eight years old. Are you going to really want to keep him after the season? I don't think so. So, Merrick Zidlicki is is a player to keep an eye on for the Red Wings. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's those are both very um, interesting scenarios for Detroit. And I think the Red Wings, they're one of the few contending teams right now that they're pretty friendly with the cap right now. So they have they do have some money to spend. And um, I think it'll be interesting because the last few years they haven't really gone out and made that blockbuster trade at the trade deadline like they did in the past. Um, you know, Ken Holland has really developed the, um, the prospects more mm-hmm. the last few years, which has, you know, paid dividends for them um, now. And um, I think right now is the time where the Red Wings really do need to make a move any weaknesses they have on this team, they have to fix it right now because this is a team right now in a wide-open Eastern Conference. They can contend for the Cup this year. They can, and I, and I do agree. Ken Holland really doesn't like to pull the trigger on on huge trades, at least as of as of late in recent history. You know, I mean, back, you know, you go back to the days before the first, the second lockout, and then he would bring in he would bring in the right players, but he also wouldn't jeopardize his team's future by doing so. You see a lot of teams. Will just go all in, throw their prospects, throw their you know first round draft picks to get yeah. these guys, and then it ultimately doesn't work out, and the guy leaves, and now you're left wondering, well, why do we throw all of our you know all of our eggs into a basket, and now we got nothing? Yeah, and, and you know the Red Wings. I'm looking at their cap situation. They've got just over 1.5 million in cap space, which gives you a whole lot of flexibility to acquire some guys. Like I said, like. Merrick Zidlicki, where you could maybe you know tweak in his salary, maybe allow the Devils to retain some of that. Um, but up front, I don't think there's anything wrong with this team. I don't think there's anything they really need to look for. I mean, you're always looking to maybe add some depth. Yeah, you know, add some some guy who can go in on your third or fourth line. But other than that, I think a right-handed shot is really the only thing on their on their trade deadline list. Yeah. I mean, that would be my next question would be, would the Red Wings be in the market for perhaps something other than a defenseman at this point, or would they stand pat with the lineup they have now, maybe get some depth up front? Um, but like you were saying, there's not really a whole lot wrong with this team. Um, there's corn plenty of goals. They have that perfect mixture of veteran talent and young talent. And getting Jimmy Howard back, I really don't see them trading for a goaltender. So, yeah, I think, I mean, the defensemen would be the move that they would make at this point. Yeah, I'm looking at some of their uh, at their latest uh, line combinations here. You have Zetterberg, Datsuk, and you have Riley Shahan, you know, and Joe Anderson. The team is, is looking really good on paper. I mean, uh, there's not much you want to, you, there's really not much you want to change. Maybe try to find a fourth line guy, have, Joachim Anderson as an extra forward, you know, keep him as a healthy scratch. But other than that, I wouldn't touch this lineup at all outside of, you know, shooing up your defense a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree completely. But, um, yeah, as we go into this later part of the season, it will be interesting to see how Detroit 
um, how Detroit plays, and I think it will see. We'll definitely see um, if Detroit are true contenders going into the last part of the season, especially with that six-game stretch. But um, if you have any questions for us, uh, you can tweet at us. Um, you can tweet at me, uh, Zach Fanko fifty-two. That's Z A C H F A N K O five two. And you can tweet at Brian as well. Yep. Any any kind of questions, tweet at me at Brian B R I A N underscore Bobal B O B A L. Yeah, and don't forget about his um neutral zone blog as well. That's that's a great read. Um, you know, I, I pop into that uh, at least daily to see if there's any new stuff on there, but that's a great read as well. Brian's always on top of the NHL, so um give that a read as well. Yep, and with the uh with all the news about the World Cup coming out ESPN just getting uh just got the T V rights to the World Cup in twenty sixteen. I'll be posting up some stuff about that. So yeah, if you want a good read, tune into it. You can follow it on Twitter at N Z underscore blog if you want. So All right, and uh thanks for listening and uh we will be back uh next week.